pastor. Here I go. Well, let us uh, come together this morning in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In our opening song. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us take a moment for silent reflection. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy for the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy for this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. This is the feast of victory for God. Alleluia. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain, 
whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are his. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Sing with all the people of God and join in the hymn of all creation, blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God, for the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Eternal God, merciful Father, you have appointed your Son as judge of the living and the dead. Enable us to wait for the day of his return with our eyes fixed on the kingdom prepared for your own from the foundation of the world. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit. Good morning. Uh, the first reading this morning is from the book of the prophet Ezekiel, chapter 34, verses 11 through 16, and then 20 through 24, and this can be found on page 1341 in your pew Bible. We've talked about these uh, prophets before. There's a string of them that occurred over a course of about 400 and some years. Ezekiel followed uh, Isaiah, and then from last week, the others followed them. And the message is the same. is don't turn away from God. Keep focused. Or he's going to get angry. And it takes you back to the phrase that God is slow to anger, like four or five hundred years, and abounding in steadfast love. But he does get angry. So be mindful of that. Ezekiel chapter 34, beginning with the 11th verse. For this is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from the countries, and I will bring them into their own land. I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel in the ravines and in all of the settlements in the land. I will tend them in a good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land. There they will lie down in good grazing land. There they will feed in a rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the Sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost 
and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak, but the sleek and the strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says to them. See, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep, because you shoved with flank and shoulder, butting all the weak sheep with your horns until you have driven them away. I will save my flock, and they will no longer be plundered. I will judge between one sheep and another. I will place over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will tend them. He will tend them and be their shepherd. I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David will be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. The second reading this morning is from Psalm 95, verses 1 through 7, and we'll read that responsibly. It's printed in your bulletin. Psalm 95 was probably written by a priest at the beginning of a temple service, much like we pray before our service. But the author is not actually known. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth, and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Today, if only you would hear his voice. The epistle this morning is taken from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 15, verses 20 through 28, and this can be found on page 1790 in the Pew Bible. We have a cheat sheet, because um, I like things in context, and this is actually in your Pew Bible, on page 1771, I read briefly the background of this letter. This letter was written by Paul to the church in Corinth probably in the winter of A.D. 55. It's about 20 years after the resurrection, a short time. It was while he was in Ephesus that he sent this letter in response to a letter from the Corinthian church. Located on the Mediterranean, the city of Corinth was a wealthy trading center it was also a wicked city and was known for that throughout the Roman world. Because the church in Corinth was new, it was hard for the Christians there not to act like their neighbors. So the church had some problems. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive, but each in turn. Christ the firstfruits. Then when he comes, those who belong to him, then the end will come. When he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. 
for he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death, for he has put everything under his feet. Now when it says that everything has been put under him, it is clear that this does not include God himself, who put everything under Christ. When he has done this, then the Son himself will be made subject to him who put everything under him, so that God may be all in all. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Hallelujah. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, from the 25th chapter, Glory to you, O Lord. Indeed, our gospel is taken from the gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 25, verses 31 through 46, and it can be found on your uh, pew Bible on page 1542. This is Matthew 25, 31 through 46. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. And I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. And I was sick, and you looked after me. And I was in prison, and you came to visit me. And when the righteous, then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. 
And he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. And I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. And I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. And they also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? And he will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for the least of these, you did not do for me. And then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me, please? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. As I stated uh, over the last few weeks, towards the end of the church year, the last few Sundays are about judgment. And they are sobering. They are designed, their purpose is to proclaim Christ and Him crucified, always, but also for a warning. And I have a story to tell you. Do you have time? There was a, there was a man walking on a beach, and he found a a magic lamp. And when he rubbed the lamp, a genie appeared. And he told him that he would be granted one wish. Now, apparently, this season that we're going in, in uh, is uh, affecting everybody. The genie has been forced to cut back on his allotment of wishes because times are tough for everybody. So it's one wish, one wish only. At any rate, the man was given that wish, and he immediately asked for a copy of the newspaper with the stock market report that would be published exactly one year from that day. And suddenly, Shazam, 
the paper appeared in his hand and he looked at it with his eyes, greedy eyes. And he scanned the columns of the companies listed and he identified stocks that he could invest in and make millions and millions of dollars. And he was, he was pretty happy about that. It was a good plan. It was a shrewd plan. He was pretty proud. And then he flipped the page. And he read his very own obituary exactly one year from the day he received the paper. Now, I hope this is obvious that the story is fictitious, but it does serve a purpose, and that purpose is that we need to consider this gospel's reading uh, from Matthew 25 as a warning. The passage is about Jesus' coming judgment. The time when he will separate the sheep from the goats, that is, believers from unbelievers. And Scripture says elsewhere that Jesus will come like a thief in the night. In other words, the day and the hour are unknown, and we are warned that today, today is the appointed day. Now is the day of salvation. We are warned when he says salvation is near. Now when the time comes, Jesus will descend from heaven. And the shout of the archangel, and there will be heard the trumpet of God. And we are told that delight will fill the hearts of the faithful, while others will be, well, they're going to be racked with fear. I posted a picture on our Facebook website, and it looks just like this. I'm sure you can see it from back there. But it's a, it's a picture of Jesus, and it is uh, one of the many iconic images that you can find through history that uh, shows Jesus as the ruler of all. And you'll find uh, this image, uh, again, like I said, I did post it on our Facebook page. So those that are watching, you can look at it. And, and you can see this picture of Jesus. And, and, and he's, it's a mosaic, and, and it, there's a kind face. And um, in his right hand, he is holding up his hand like this, like he's given a benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. I mean, it's peaceful. And he's wearing a, a, a blue kind of a, a shawl, kind of a robe. And then his tunic is gold. And it's, it looks like it's woven gold. It's, and, and clearly, um, this is the king, the ruler of all. And then in his left hand, he's holding scripture, which has been described that this is 
is gospel. And it isn't just any gospel. It's the gospel of Matthew. And it is the gospel of Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30, which is found in, on page 1514 of your pew Bible. Should I read it for you? How about that? This is the gospel of Jesus coming, giving a benediction. He is clearly the king. He has the gospel. And it reads like this. This is his nature. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the nature of our God for those who believe. Now, in our scripture we read and heard, before him will be gathered all the nations and he will separate people, one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right but the goats are going to be on his left. Now, having separated the sheep from the goats, Jesus then recounts all of the good done by the sheep and all of the evil done by the goats. As he says that the sheep fed the hungry, they gave a drink to the thirsty, and they clothed the naked. And conversely, he says that the goats did none of the same. And consequently, he says to them, depart from me. You cursed. You go into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. So while it is clear that there is a definite separation between the sheep and the goats, the holy and the unholy, sin causes the sheep, now listen to me, sin causes the sheep to sometimes fear that they are bad sheep. And it sometimes, that is sin, sometimes causes goats to assume that they are good goats. In other words, the sheep, they recognize all of the bad things that they've done in life. And they sometimes fear, the sheep, fear that those things will be brought up on the day of judgment. In contrast, the goats, on the other hand, assume that every act of theirs with a seeing sense of virtue will be counted to their credit on the day of judgment. Surely he saw how good I am. Wasn't that nice of me? In reality, if you look closely at the text of Matthew 25, which we just read, you'll find that Jesus commends the sheep. That is, he has only good to say to them and about them. 
Nothing does he have to the contrary. He is all about how good they are. Now, on the other hand, he condemns the goats, having nothing good to say to them or about them. And yet still, you know, I do this. This is the flesh. This is our flesh in our DNA. In our DNA, in our own understanding, we have imprinted there the notion that God will judge the world on the last day with some sort of a a two-column ledger system, maybe a scale. And one column will be for all the things that we've done good. And the other column will be for all the things that we've done bad. Right? And it is in our psyche, deep in our psyche, in our, our flesh, that this notion that as long as our good column, our good scale, you know, is a little bit heavier than the bad that we'll be okay. And it is natural for all of us at times to think in terms of bad sheep and good goats. We can't help it. Even pastors aren't immune to that stinking thinking sometimes. But our perception couldn't be farther from the truth when we think that way. Again, Scripture tells us exactly what the day of judgment will be like. It says that Jesus, the ruler of all, will separate the sheep from the goats solely on the basis of faith. Goats are goats because they, in life, they denied the grace and the mercy of God in Christ. Consequently, they stand before God, naked, as it were, in the unfettered corruption of their flesh. They have no Savior. And even every supposed good thing that they had done in life is counted as sin against them. Because they were so proud to assume that they could impress God. While they hoped that there would be a two-sided ledger of good and bad, there for them is only bad. Everything is known about the goat's life, and everything is wrong They had trusted in themselves, and they are found most decidedly wanting. Now the sheep, the sheep are sheep by virtue of their trust in, their dependence on Christ Christ, who throughout their life called them by name and spoke to them through his word. 
They are sheep because they hear him and they say, I have called, they hear him say this, I have called you by your name. You are mine. You've heard that. They are sheep because they hear him say, I have loved you unto death, even death on that cross. They are sheep because they hear him say, Take and drink. This is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. They are sheep because there are few words more meaningful to them than God's word of absolution, which is, I forgive you all of your sins. They are sheep because they have washed in the blood of God's lamb. They are sheep because they are clothed in Christ's righteousness. Now, when the sheep, when you stand before God on the day of judgment, he will commend you for the gun, for the, <sighs> forgive me, Father, I speak too fast. On the day of judgment, you and me, the sheep, he will commend us for the good done throughout our life because he fills your life. He fills my life with good things. Your life, in other words, is sanctified. Your life is made holy through the faith that you have in Christ. Whether you are feeding the hungry, whether you are working a job and providing for your family, loving your spouse, and your children, or simply being a friend to someone else, he says this, well done, good and faithful servant. boy, kid. That's what dad is saying to you. And it's all good because it's done in faith. Faith. In Jesus Christ. Okay. So you can say, but pastor, listen. What about my sins? I'm saying your sins. because. But what about, what about your sins? What about my sins? What about all those times when <clears throat> I didn't feed the hungry? What about when I didn't extend a hand of compassion to someone who needed it? What about those times I'm ashamed to say when I was angry with God or when I failed to thank him for all of his goodness to me? What about those times when I took his grace for granted or when I confessed my sin and then a couple minutes later I'm doing it again? What about that? Yeah, well, I got another story. Do you have time? No. Who said that? <laughs> well, I got another story. There's an old, it's short. 
There's an old legend about a man named Martin of Tours. In fact, Martin Luther is said to have been named after him. And the legend goes like this. Martin of Tours was at home one day when he heard a knock on the door. And he answered it, and there was a man standing at his door who claimed to be Jesus. Now, Martin of Tours suspected that perhaps this man might actually be the devil himself, the angel of darkness, the one who had come to tempt him. So Martin decided that he would put the man to a test. And so he asked him this question. What sin is it that most often grips me that I have had to confess it to you over and over again. And without hesitation, the man at the door said, I don't remember. I, I don't remember. At which time Martin welcomed, welcomed his Lord into his home. On the day of judgment, Jesus will not remember your sins. That whole side of the supposed ledger will have been washed away. It's been washed away in the crimson flow of his blood. And more than that, you will be astonished by all the good that he brought to this world through your life, through your submission to him. And I leave you with this. See the lamb so long expected comes with pardon down from heaven. Let us haste with tears of sorrow one and all to be forgiven. So when next he comes in glory and the world is wrapped in fear, he will shield us with his mercy and with words of love he draws near. In the name of Jesus, the peace of the Lord that passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto everlasting. Amen.
Please stand if you're able. Let us now confess our faith together to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, 
I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. For the faithful proclamation of Christ, our King, and for the strengthening of God's people in this true faith, and their baptismal life in Christ. Let us pray to the Lord, Lord, have mercy. For Christ's holy, Catholic, and apostolic church, for all who faithfully confess the saving name of Christ, and for the protection of the Lord to extend over us against the devil, the world, and our own sinful selves, Let us pray to the Lord, Lord, have mercy. For God's people in this place, for the mission and work God has given us to do, and for the unity of the Spirit and a spirit of cooperation and harmony in our life together, let us pray to the Lord, Lord, have mercy for all the schools, for the seminaries where pastors are being trained for your service, Father, and for the campuses where young people are prepared for their occupations by their vocation as God's people, by baptism and faith, let us pray to the Lord, Lord, have mercy. For those who have wandered from the flock of God, for the faithful shepherds who gather them in through the voice of God's word, for our forgiveness and for our willingness to forgive others in Christ's name, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For a right reception of the true body and blood of Christ, for grace to use well what we receive here in Christ's name, and for the day when no division of doctrine and faith will hinder our communion together at the Lord's altar. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For our president and our governor and all whom you have placed in positions to serve you and this country, Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all artists and artisans, 
for science and invention, for those who serve us in the medical arts, for tradespeople and laborers, and for those who serve and protect us as police and firefighters and military personnel. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the hungry and homeless, for the unemployed and the underemployed, for those who work in disaster relief and for the Lutheran Social Service Agency, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For a giving spirit that we may not neglect the poor nor fail to provide resources to the church to fulfill the Lord's bidding and spread the gospel to every place, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those afflicted by illness of body or mind or for those who care for them, that with God's strength they may be kept through patience and delivered to everlasting life. Let us pray to the Lord. For the grieving, that they may have hope, and for those near the end of their earthly lives, that they may be sustained in faith to everlasting life. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we here remember the sufferings and the death of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, for our salvation. Praising his victorious resurrection from the dead, we draw strength from his ascension before you, where he ever stands for us as our own high priest, Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers. Deliver and preserve us. For to you, you alone, we give all glory, honor, and worship. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. Will you pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. 
It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord on this day overcame death and the grave. And by his glorious resurrection, he opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with the church on earth, and the hosts of heaven. We praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup, and he gave thanks, and then he gave it to his disciples, saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his coming again. Let us now together pray the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Sheep and goats, believers and unbelievers. I'm looking at sheep, blessed, loved sheep. Not because we're so nice or cute or cuddly, but because of what he did for us on that cross. Because of our faith that was a gift by the Holy Spirit. He wins, and we win through him. I hope that comforts you. I hope that takes some pressure off. It doesn't excuse you from participating, but it takes the pressure off. Knowing he looks at you and he goes, I love you. You're my kid. Keep going. You're doing good. And now the benediction. 
May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Now our closing hymn is a little bit rambunctious. And it is when the saints go marching in, and it rocks. So get ready to get on and marching out in the name of Jesus. Amen. And now when the saints go marching in. Young and his trombone wailing. 